Hello, and welcome back to the Women in Music podcast. I'm Tara Summers. I'm back today with guest radio consultant Heather Lee Stanley to continue our conversation about sexist practices and the underrepresentation of women in radio, as well as other areas of the music industry. The music world is certainly male-dominated, just like many other industries across pretty much all media. I can't really speak for television. I feel like television has gotten a little bit better um, because you can see how many women and how many minorities Mm -hmm. you have on camera radio you can't tell Mm -hmm. yeah it's all behind the scenes for the most part right right yeah and have you seen the latest statistics that have came out with the annenberg inclusion initiative Mm -mm. oh my gosh let me pull this up (laughs) (laughs) we have this idea that since we see a bunch of musicians now like big names like Cardi B and Beyonce and Taylor Swift that there's just oh you know there's a lot of powerful women and therefore it must just they must just have it you know equal access to this industry in general and then Mm -hmm. they have this research that the University of Southern California is doing and it's it's really showing mm, you know it's we're not quite there yet we're not we're not all equal and 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 they have statistics that have been coming out and they do a yearly study and they had one come out I think last month and it was it's really shocking how much things haven't changed because you expect it to given that you see those women on the forefront Mm -hmm. that you know visibly you see those and so it's interesting to hear that you know you have the difference between women that you can visually see as opposed to women that you have behind closed doors and how much representation and how much they're going through according to the latest annual report from the usc annenberg inclusion initiative Women make up only 21.6% of artists, 12.6% of songwriters, and 2.6% of producers on the 100 highest charting songs of the last nine years. And these numbers actually dropped down to 20%, 12.9%, and 2% in 2020. Over that same period, only 13.4% of Grammy nominees for the five major categories have been female. The report found no meaningful and sustained increased change to the male-led hit-making industry from 2013 to 2020. I remember the hashtag Grammy so male was trending in 2018 after the Recording Academy president Neil Portnell said that women needed to step up their game in order to receive more recognition at the award show. The Grammys have taken many hits lately, and last year Recording Academy CEO Deborah Dugan filed a massive discrimination complaint alleging unlawful gender discrimination, sexual harassment, and unequal pay against the Academy. This year's Grammys did step up their game, so to speak, and the Academy president backtracked and admitted changes needed to be made to be more progressive and inclusive of women musicians. This year's Grammys were pretty woman-dominated as artists such as Dua Lipa, Billie Eilish, Taylor Swift, and Beyonce all took home major awards, the latter two making history with their wins. And, you know, even for those big names of women artists who do receive recognition, they still, of course, experience pushback, both behind closed doors and out in the open for all to see, like in the media, for instance. Women musicians are constantly having to work so much harder than men in order to achieve recognition, and even then, they're held to much higher standards than men, and they receive much harsher criticism than their male counterparts. And, you I mean, you hear stories like Heart, for example, mm-hmm. a lot of what they went through because they were so, you know, they're pioneers mm-hmm. of, of rock radio and the things they had to do to get on the radio and, and um, you know, how people said that they really couldn't sing or whatever, and it was just like... Discrediting. So yeah, I, I, um, you know, yeah, I get it. Because before, because for every Taylor Swift or Spice Girls, <laughs> you know, that are just infiltrating radio, there's there's not as many. And even with somebody like Beyonce or Cardi B, it's particularly because they're female women of color, mm-hmm. they get a lot 
I mean, the Grammy Awards with Megan Thee Stallion and it just there was just so much backlash against them not being real musicians Mm -hmm. and the kind of music that they put out, even though men have put out the same kind of music. Uh, mm, Exactly. Yeah. I have episodes to come on these double standards around women, musicians, sexuality, as well as how much harder black women have to work in order to receive the same recognition and respect as their white counterparts in the business. So be on the lookout for that in the future. Now, let's talk about representation and just how much influence women really have, specifically in radio. Well, women don't get a voting interest, apparently, in most smaller TV and radio stations. Don't know why that sounds surprising. (laughs) We don't want them to vote. (laughs) No voice. No voice. No voice, no rights. Yeah. (laughs) Who needs them? (laughs) Right. But I mean, it's still, that's still low. Because I think the the original one I saw, which was in 2015, was actually um, a textbook on the radio industry. It was the, the textbook was called The Radio Station, I do believe. And it listed that like 11.4% of the radio industry were female. And that was everybody. And that includes sales, promotions, on air. And then when you start looking percentage wise of the number of women now, they're doing these on, you know, 100 stations of the top 100 markets, then, you know, 17% were female. But when you start getting to some of the the smaller stations and some of the smaller markets, that's not necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. I feel like the larger the market you are, the more... uh, and again, what is a large market? We're talking Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, um, yeah. places that tend to be a little bit more progressive, you know, with the idea of gender and uh, race somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even Birmingham is a completely different market than this one. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I heard a woman on doing afternoon drive, not filling in. She was actually doing it. That was her show. And I was amazed because I had never heard that before. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was told I couldn't fill in for afternoon drive. Be- because you're a woman? Mm-hmm. Couldn't fill in for afternoon drive because I was... They would rearrange the schedule so that a male would be on afternoon drive. It was like, okay, you know. Going through more effort themselves just to avoid <laughs> allowing a woman who's fully capable to do a job. Yeah. My Sounds favorite right. My favorite story, again, you know, women scare people. So they don't have women during certain times of the day. Um. They would move me to like the, I found out later, they were moving me to the lowest rated spots. And so they would do, you know, put me on the schedule for that spot. But then my numbers went up. So they moved me somewhere else. My numbers went up. And they moved me somewhere else. And my numbers went up. And that was kind of the thing. I, one thing that I do well is I know how to uh, increase numbers very quickly in a small amount of time, which is what you want from someone who is on air. Yeah. Male, female, non-binary it doesn't matter you want someone that can do that and uh yeah it was just kind of interesting that that they kept doing it and my finally they just gave in (laughs) fine i guess you can have your show and (laughs) increase our listeners and benefit benefit us (laughs) and and i mean and and of course the numbers would be higher than some of the men how dare you i know (laughs) (laughs) There was one job I got let go right before the book, before they got the, the ratings. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like three days before. And I remember talking to one of my friends at another radio station. I said, I just want to know what my numbers were. And I had tripled the in number. three days? No, in six months. Oh. <laughs> Whoever does that in three days, I, <laughs> right. I want to hire that person. 
<laughs> no, it was like over a six month period. But it was one of those time slots that not only had the worst ratings in the entire station, but also we were getting eaten alive by the competition. Mm-hmm. We're talking like the competition had like four times as many listeners. Mm. So, I mean, I had doubled, you know, doubled and tripled what they had. But it was interesting. I was like, well, well I guess it's good they let me go right before because then I would have an argument. Mm. Hey, I, you know, yeah. I've had these ratings. Yeah. Look what I did. Look what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. The guy who got my job would get so angry because all these fans of mine would call. <laughs> Where is she? <laughs> He'd get so mad because <laughs> I had this like I had I had these uh these groups of people that you know listened to me at businesses that would call in all the time and request songs or see how I was doing. Just call in and see how you're doing, and they'd come up to me in remotes. They'd be so excited to see me, and they started doing that to him. And word got back to me <laughs> that he wasn't very happy about that. Oh, man, not another one. <laughs> not one of her fans. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, and even even in, this was a station that was in a different city. So even in Mobile, I mean, people could hear me and I'd, I'd people would recognize my voice, which was the weirdest thing ever. They'd recognize my voice. And I'd be like, I used to listen to you all the time, you know, and uh, gosh, I don't like that guy that's on there now. <laughs> Well, that means that you 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 made a difference for them, though. That, right. that you left a mark on them. That's that's good, though. Every once in a while, someone goes, "Oh, you were that person." <laughs> but I think most of my listeners aren't even alive anymore. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I joke. They're at least sixty. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, you know, you you referred to women as coming off as a threat. Mm-hmm. to men and that is exactly i'm noticing a lot of parallels between what you're saying and what other women are telling me and that is mm-hmm. exactly what someone else had told me that i had interviewed that men saw her as a threat they it just instinctively she was inherently a threat because she was a woman and they had to it was kind of like they were her biggest competition at that point because mm-hmm. they saw that and were like, okay, I have to, I have to outdo her and prove myself that prove that to other people that I'm better and more qualified than her. And, and ironically, she was, she's a student um, up at Troy and she said mm-hmm. that she was actually doing better in the class and she still had to feel like she had to one up them just to prove that she were that she was qualified mm-hmm. and, and capable of doing that. Um, so that's interesting to hear that, you know, even in this aspect um, of, of music, I mean, it, it, it seems to be the same thing well i'll let you on a little secret that like really only my husband knows (laughs) because it just it it came up when um i would have i would say starting probably about four or five months before the prowl launched i would have nightmares that my boss who would never do this in real life would find would tell me we we we're letting you go we found a man that can do this better (laughs) I would have nightmares and I remember the amount of anxiety. I mean, I wasn't eating like I should. Mm-hmm. Um, my blood pressure was so high that my kidneys weren't doing, weren't functioning like they should. I mean, it was, it was kind of bad. My uh, assistant was like, you need to go eat, go eat, go eat. And so, I mean, it wasn't, I wasn't in the best frame of mind, but a lot of that was, I remember telling my husband, I, you know, he and I were talking about it and I, he, he was coming to our launch party and I was like, oh, that's so nice of you to support me. He goes, it's not so much that. He said, I want to see history being made. Ugh. I want to see you break that glass ceiling. But there was always that fear of 
if this doesn't, I mean, I, I was, the station had to sound perfect the moment it went on air. Mm-hmm. Even if the engineering wasn't quite there, it needed to sound perfect. Mm-hmm. Because I knew, everyone knew that I was over that radio station, and I feared that if it didn't go well, then what would end up happening is that it would be like, well, see, that's why women don't run things. Yeah, the stakes are higher. Yeah, the stakes are higher. And also, not and not just to me, it was, you know, I had female students that I wanted to get placed into jobs. So, yeah, that was... Um, that was a lot of anxiety that I went to that I've never talked about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> deep hidden anxiety. But I mean, my husband and I would have that discussion quite frequently because it was just, you know, and he agreed with me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it probably would have reacted a little bit differently back in the day. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm happy with what I did, you know, and that that was, um, you know, even after leaving my job at South, you know, that was one thing that I was proud of because that's something no one can take away from me. Yeah. It's absolutely. on record. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored to be in the same room with you oh, right now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she had said that they they also did not even see her as their equal depending on how feminine she portrayed herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a female told me this too, uh, interestingly enough, that you had to sound, the more male you sounded... The deeper voice. A lot of people in the industry at that time had masculine or unisex kind of names that could be taken as Mm -hmm. masculine. And I remember thinking that's just stupid because, I mean, I'm a female. They're going to hear me and obviously I'm female. But there was this idea of, you know, for them, of course, it was a religious station. They didn't want women to sound sexy. Mm. Because obviously (laughs) that's not their brand. (laughs) So they wanted him to sound more masculine, but that was the that was the thing. Either you had to sound masculine or you had to be sexy. And there were tons of times they tried to get me to be sexy. I am not sexy at all. I can't. My husband will agree with you. <laughs> That's just not, you know, I'm just not that way. And I remember um, being at one station where they wanted me to do, I had to record uh, entertainment news. Mm. And it was what was it i i i made it it was the hollywood hot list with heather lee because i was all about alliteration (laughs) in the station they wanted they wanted to call it um your morning quickie with with (laughs) and i was like no i'm not gonna do that and there was a cue in their in their in their call sign in their call letters so they thought it would be cute cute, quickie with a cue and i'm like i'm not doing that on air are you kidding me and we had an argument over it because i was allowed to brand my own show Mm -hmm. and i was promotions and marketing director so that was one of the things i was in charge of was writing um all the stuff that went on air that was brand related and uh, i said no i'm not gonna do it so then i actually have tapes of this where I would be so bad purposely so that way it sounded horrible on air (laughs) and I've been doing it for a while and I purposely did it because I was like "Uh, yeah I'm not gonna I'm not happy about this so Mm -hmm. I did it and now I probably would have a much different reaction but it was (laughs) that was my way of doing it and uh, eventually it got pulled because they they were like you're not even trying no I'm not trying no I'm not trying purposely you told me I had to have the name. You didn't tell me how good I had to be on air. 
because my on air personality was so much different and that's what threw them off is because I sounded one way when I was on air at a remote or whatever and then mm-hmm. there was this pre-recorded and I was just you could just tell I was aggravated yeah Britney Spears <laughs> did something today yeah Justin Timberlake new song mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to see what I could get away with <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> I applaud you for that. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why I didn't get to stay. <laughs> Who can we let go first? Well. <laughs> I love that. Something that you have brought up a few times, the promotional side of radio mm-hmm. and marketing and communications. I have found that, and, and I've also interviewed someone else who had said that she's experienced this where men in radio or men in the music industry in general seem mm-hmm. to be more accepting of women in roles that are involved in the communication aspect of it, like promotions, marketing, mm-hmm. social media handling, as opposed to being a being an audio engineer or doing more of the technical aspects. Right. Have you witnessed any of that? You think? Oh yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is definitely a thing. You're not allowed to learn certain things. Again, not really spoken. Yeah, like I remember we were getting ready to launch the prow, and I remember going, I mean, I was really tired because I was putting in like 60, 70 hours a week trying to get this, <laughs> get everything ready so that we would have an actual station on air. And I remember walking into my husband's studio and I remember crying and I said, I don't know how to build clocks in our program. So basically building clocks is you build the algorithm that the music goes by when you're trying to do the playlist every day. Mm-hmm probably the best I could explain in layman's <laughs> terms. It's such a specific thing. Yeah. But I had never done that before. And uh, I remember being upset and worried. And my husband said, you shouldn't feel bad. You weren't allowed to. Yeah. A lot of engineering stuff. I remember when I got into radio and they're like, you, don't, you know, well, well, how does this work? Oh, you don't need to know that. Mm. I, I think I kind of experienced that as well. Although I'm not sure because I was the only one like learning there at the time. But and I don't think that they got a lot of women doing that. But I, I have noticed that the interns mm-hmm. who the male interns seemed to have gotten more opportunities than me. Oh, yeah. To learn and to do mm-hmm. things. And and I was surprised by that. I was like, oh, you know how to do that? Oh, yeah. Like, Did they not tell you that? Like, No. <laughs> what? And that doesn't surprise me because I, I, you know, obviously I had interns that were placed places and they would come and talk to me. Mm-hmm. And there were some heavy discussions about why does this person get to do this and why. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. And it may not necessarily be. I think we've gotten to a, a point where, you know, we talk about things like unconscious bias. So yeah. generally when we talk about it, we talk about it in terms of race, that we're doing things that are racist or doing, you know, not questioning things because it's so built into us. We don't even realize we're doing it. So I think that is kind of where we we are here, where there's an unconscious bias, you know, but not realizing. Um, My thing is, you know, you place people where their talents are. Yeah. So if there's a legitimate talent that that person has, you know, it can be explained, well, this person has this talent and we would like to keep them aboard or we would like to do this. But no, I, I, yeah, no, I know that is the case because, um, you know, I always ask them, what are you learning? What are you doing in your internship? Because mm-hmm. I'm the one that's helping them put together their resume and everything to, you know, and start recommending for them for jobs. I like to know what they're doing. And uh, no, that, that discussion came up several times. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily conscious or not. 
it also depends too. Some stations, I think, are more, you know, towards that than others. Like, for example, if you have conservative talk radio. Mm, yeah. You know, which is predominantly a male-dominated industry in almost all male-dominated industry. There's a few females in there. And so, or sports radio or things of that nature. Those tend to be more heavily geared towards men. And so they, they typically, I can outrun any board <laughs> <laughs> for any, any male when it comes to um, sports. Because that's where I, I started. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to work things. And then I would play with the computer and the programming and stuff while... I was sitting there waiting for them to go to break. And uh, that's how I learned a lot of stuff. But there are certain places where it's just, and again, it also depends on market too. Mm-hmm. Now, have you noticed an increase in women in radio since you started? Of uh, the top 100 radio markets, only 18% of general managers were female. That is up from 17% in 2016. 11% were program directors, but 30% had female um, sales managers. So we're getting there. I would like to think that there are more women than there used to be. Yeah. So how do you counter the sexist practices in your line of work? And how do you think that we as a society can do better? My career early on, I just basically said, I'm going to learn as much as the men, if not more. Mm. I'm going to make the men dependent on me in some way because they have to learn. Like in one instance, we had a brand new software for the studios and it was not user friendly. And I learned it and taught my program directors that were above me how to work it. And I just continue doing that to where now there is not a male currently, at least in this market, that has not just the knowledge base, but the experience I have because I had to do everything when I was at USA. I handled the copyright licenses. I had to do, you know, sales. (laughs) I had to learn a little bit about engineering and IT work, whether I wanted to or not, you know. And so now there's kind of that mutual respect of, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm there and I'm an equal. And and let me say this. There are a lot of men that I was their equal. They never treated me any differently. In fact, they would speak out on my behalf to say, look, you're, you're only doing this. You're only you're not promoting her because she's female. Mm-hmm. So it's not I don't want to make it sound like that every man I worked with that way. I did have allies. And so now we just need more allies in the industry, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that'll come with time. Like I said, I'm very hopeful for the, the two young generations because y'all have learned differently. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. As a, as a whole, <laughs> there are some outliers, but there's still hope. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you were talking to young girls and women out there who may be interested in going into radio... Um, and you very well could be, you know, uh, with the listeners that are out there now. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say to them? I would say do it. Mm-hmm. I would say definitely do it because there is no representation if people aren't trying to get in. Again, it is a little bit of a it is it is becoming a little bit of a different world. Um, mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that, um, like I said, I have a lot of hope for younger generations that aren't seeing gender as uh, an issue so much anymore. I would say learn everything you can and stand up for yourself when it comes to learning certain tasks. I I was more quiet in the way that I approached it for years because I was dealing with a little bit of a different situation. The world has changed. You have Me Too, which is, you know, Mm -hmm. the Time's Up movement. 
So um, when you start seeing like, for even something like film, you don't think that would affect radio. But when you see people arguing for equal pay, all of a sudden it starts to become an issue that is looked across all media. And so um, there's still a, a ways to go, particularly for women of color. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I can't imagine being a woman of color, you know, based just on my experience of what I've been through to have that added dimension. And, um, you know, those jobs being a woman of color, those jobs are, are even more scarce. So I would just tell them, you know, learn everything you can and, uh, don't let anyone step on your toes and don't, don't stay in your own lane. That's what they're going to want you to do. And, you know, you define who you're going to be on air and who you want to be in the industry and don't let other people define you. Mm. That was so good. (laughs) (laughs) and then then let me say that saying that it's easier said than done Mm -hmm. it is easier said than done but that was one of the things that I was adamant about when I was teaching college students was that this is the way we need to act you know at some point you keep working you know you may become a program director or a music director or someone that makes those decisions and then when that comes to it remember to hire someone who was like your former boss. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much. This thank is, you. This has been a really wonderful talk. And oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was so nervous to talk to you. You're so <laughs> you're so easy to talk to. And you, you, you've brought so much to the table. And you have such a great perspective that I think a lot of listeners are going to be excited to hear. So that was wonderful. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> That wraps up this episode. Tune into the next episode where we discuss how the country music industry in particular has been especially sexist towards women artists.